Hey there, everyone. I hope you're all doing well out there and staying happy and healthy. Jeremy and I got to spend some Zoom time with Mr. Trey Good out of Colorado. Yeah, and he's a friend of yours from San Antonio, back in your San Antonio days. And it's yeah. the first time I got a chance to talk to him. It was, it was super interesting. Um, like I said, he's out of Colorado. He's an EMT. And uh, he is a photographer, which is yeah. awesome for me because I'm a, a budding climbing photographer as well. So we had a really good discussion about all that. And time spent in the backcountry. Yeah. And he, he shared with us some interesting uh, facts about emergency medicine and kind of what inspired him, something I wasn't really expecting. So uh, that was really neat to hear. Yeah. That was really cool. It was a shared experience that kind of inspired him a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I hope everyone enjoys the, our interview as much as we did. And with no further ado, here is Mr. Trey Good. How are you doing today, Trey? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I'm doing good. Just got done working out. It's hot in Texas. <laughs> yeah, Colorado's hot too. Is it? Oh yeah, it's it's been in like the uh, 80s and 90s out here in uh, Denver, so it's kind of like, ooh, this is hotter than I signed up for. For sure, dude. That. Yeah. yeah. I always complain that it gets to be 105 in Texas, but zero in the winter time. I, I couldn't imagine being someplace where it's 95 and then it snows. I guess I lived in Michigan for 20 years. It's kind of like that there too. But okay, that's cool. What, what part of Michigan? I grew up in the in the Thumb, like right out okay. right on Lake Huron. So we're from okay. Texas. Wait, cool. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, the Thumb is you know, kind of, it's kind of a you know if you know Michigan looks like a hand, then the Thumb part should be pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the glove. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody everybody speaks of it by the glove. Yeah, you know you got yeah. the the upper, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, I live in the Lower Peninsula. We just don't talk about the Upper Peninsula, so it's okay. <laughs> is that like the NorCal, SoCal kind of thing? Dude, like, I guess. The, U, the UP is so cool, though. I think the UP is so cool. It's a hidden gem. Yeah. Well, you, you're an ice climber, right? So you probably go up there for the ice festival or whatever. I actually am going to go. I'm going to try and go this year for the first time. Nice. I missed it last year. So I think this one I'll try and go. I lived there, like I said, I lived there for 25 years. I grew up there, and then I didn't even know there was an ice climbing festival until, like, <laughs> I saw a documentary about it, you know, like a year ago. And the, and the climbing cool. festival might even, not even be that old. I don't know. But I was like, dang, there's ice climbing in Michigan. Who knew? Yeah. So, yeah, so ice climbing, Trey, man, I mean, I met you in San Antonio, Texas, and now you rock crampons and skis, like, on the regular. <laughs> it's not just a visit anymore how how did how did that transition go honestly it was kind of abrupt there was no real transition um i kind of just i i knew i was going to come out here and i knew i wanted to just be able to do a lot of stuff in the mountains which was the whole point of getting out this way but i didn't really have a set timeline and um it was kind of just like one day I stopped through and the next I was like, wow, I've been here for like two months. All right. I'm, I should just live here. Okay. I'm going to live here now. So that was pretty much it. Very, very immediate. Talk to me about your, you know, the certification. So you're a paramedic or an emergency tech. What's, can you talk to me about what your line of work is? And uh, I'm an EMT. You're an EMT. Yeah. Uh, so basically, um, you know, I work in IFT and then I do some volunteer work um, with Rule 911. And yeah, it's kind of just like a daily, basic medical care, but on a really genuinely supportive level. So it's like, I feel like with IFT, you get a lot of time with people. So you really get to be more personal and you get to work on your bedside manner. But then when you get to do the 911 stuff, you get all the fun technical aspects of it. So it's kind of a good balance. What is IFT? IFT stands for Interfacility Transport. So you'll get someone from one hospital 
say they're at like a place of lower care where they just got like the emergency keep them alive stuff done but then they need to be transferred to a more specialized facility so they have to stay under you know medical supervision and continuous care throughout the whole transport um because you know they they might have just had a surgery so they have a wound that needs to be monitored or they could be placed on oxygen so you got to regulate that and keep them stable um but yeah, so I have I have to eat just from place to place, more or less. All right. Sorry, sorry for the like really long and drawn out. Hey, answer. we we want to know. We we want to know. Yeah, definitely. Cool. I work, cool. I write I write, write software for the healthcare industry, and so there's just so many acronyms like oh yeah EMR yeah, yeah. EHR, you know, and it's just that's, you know you probably know more of them than I do then. <laughs> yeah, I know quite a few of them. I can't think of it off of my top, off the top of my head, but uh, that's okay, Jeremy. It's late, tired. It, it's okay. But, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, uh, I mean, sorry. I know. Later for you guys, right? You guys are like an hour ahead. Yeah. We yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We're committed. We're committed yeah, to the cast. <laughs> I say it's late, but I probably won't go to bed for another. Three, and a half Three hour. hours, yeah. yeah. That's how it goes, right? You know, you try and get in early, but then <laughs> two episodes becomes four, and you're like, "Wow, oh, yep. oh man!" It's like fifteen it's later. Like, oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah. Netflix. Oh, I guess okay. Episodes already going. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just gonna roll with it. Yeah. Netflix, you're my best friend. <laughs> um. So I, I, I wanted to know as your friend and also just as someone who's followed you, um, you know, you're a photographer, of course, you know, yeah, you know, you're a photographer, Trey. <laughs> um, but I was always curious, was the medical field or, you know, being an EMT and now IFT as well, was that always kind of a calling for you or did you, were you interested in both industries per se or how did all that go? Mm, honestly no I so yeah I was just talking about this um I did I had no desire to be in the medical field truthfully like oh. I always, always thought like, you know like oh that's so cool and I actually thought fire or I still think fire is pretty cool um but it was never like a thing I was like oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna be like super into this it was more just like I like being outside and whenever I was outside like I realized at a point no one was safe and like people would get hurt and nobody would know what to do. And I was just like, oh man, I feel like, I feel like somebody like should maybe know a little bit of like how to help. So it was more just like wanting to be safer myself. So I kind of started learning and I was just like, all right, cool. Like now going outside, all of these things that I think maybe could be a little bit scary or a little bit less scary. Cause you kind of know like, okay, realistically, this is the potential. And then like, okay, if that did happen, you could do this. And it's like, yeah. I don't know. And in like a weird sense, I feel like it kind of makes it more comfortable to go outside. So that's kind of why I started learning. Oh man, no, I think you do know. And Jeremy and I speak about that often about the safety and kind of a, a question we always ask and I, I ask this with climbers just in general when you do see something unsafe or when you do see a you know poor belaying technique or climbing technique or something that could potentially be catastrophic like when do you engage do you engage does it depend on the people like I see you laughing right now oh, no man. one else can see you <laughs> laughing but he's laughing everyone uh, talk to me because, about that it's just because again this is like something I was just talking to about the other day um because yeah obviously you know you sometimes see some awkward stuff and it's a weird line between not wanting to call someone out you know make them feel uncomfortable about something but more so wanting to call them in safely mm -hmm. and be like oh hey you know like <laughs> hey can i can i offer you some advice or something or like you know can i help you and then, you know, like just being really polite about it and making sure that you're not offensively like, hey, you know, what are you doing? Like, you know, because that's that's so awkward. You don't want to be that person who gets called out. But yeah, yeah, sometimes if you if I don't know, I feel like it's like see something, say something. Like when you see something, if it's really bad, you know, like potentially 
someone could get hurt yeah say something but if you see somebody and they're just like they're learning and so they're going through those awkward phases where like they're doing the p-bus but it just looks like really uncomfortable for them you know just i think you can let that slide you know as long as it's safe so that's cool i mean i think the the emt stuff definitely translate translates well to like you said being safe outside we were just having this discussion i was just having a discussion well i say just but it was really at the beginning of all this COVID stuff so it's what three or four months ago now uh with with one of the other people that's in my climbing group so when i we boulder and there's probably eight or ten of us and only one person knows any backcountry first aid and only one person <laughs> brings a first aid kit and so we we're just talking about the fact that yeah. we really really wanted to encourage everyone else in the group to go get certified and so do you have a is Knowles the best uh, like backcountry um, emergency certification or is there anything better um you know i don't know there's there's a lot of different groups that offer um different type of wilderness first aid and um other you know like bridge courses from provider over to wilderness medicine and things like that Knowles is one of the more known but um I actually went through the Wilderness Medical Associates International. So um, I think they had a really fantastic course. And I've had a few other friends who've trained with them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of just where you can get in. So long as you're getting some good tutelage, I think the program itself can be taught through a, different, a number of different ways. Very cool. And if you had – if you could only take five like uh, first aid things into the backcountry, what would you take? Oh, good question. Oh, that's oh, that's tough. Let's say knife, lighter, some sort of like stick, like a trekking pole. I'll take that, and uh, maybe like a tarp. I think those those four things. I'll I'll stop at four. I'll okay. that. <laughs> what about like a syringe for like water to flush out a, a wound? How how important? Nick Fuentes. I don't know. I, I, I got a water bottle, you know, or if I don't have a water bottle, I guess you could fashion something like that. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess no syringes. That's like, I don't think that's something you commonly travel with in the backcountry. So yeah. that's good. You just use a water bottle or something. Good point. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess if it's a camelback too, you can just like squeeze it like a little. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very crafty. See, you're, you're more prepared than you think. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there can be some pretty traumatic things that can happen. And I think a question I've, I've always been curious about is, have you ever encountered something medically, whether it's in the backcountry or whether it's in uh, as an EMT or IFT where, I mean, your stomach turned upside down and you just didn't think that you could handle it or you had to take a break and step back? Have you ever experienced anything like that? Um, No, not really. I think... <laughs> I'm kind of to the point where I just find it very fascinating. So I have had some experiences that were like, you know, a little bit over the top. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is pretty cool. Like that's, that's always the thing is it's always just so cool. It's, it's always like a big learning experience, no matter how weird or like intense it gets. It does, you know, it is kind of like heavy in some instances, but no, it's always, it's always just kind of fascinating. And it's like, there's other emotions at play, but in the moment, I don't, like, you can't, you know, get gut wrenched. You can't throw up. Like, you have to keep it together. So, yeah, it's it's always pretty interesting. I'm always fascinated by people who can just focus on that. Like, my friend saw someone get a compound fracture at Crux, I think it was, or at mm -hmm. ABP. And they yeah. just told me, they've, I wasn't even there. They told me the story like 10 times every time I almost vomit just from them telling the story. Dude, this happened at Armadillo, actually. This same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Emily, were you there for that? Are you serious right now? Yeah. Were, were you at Armadillo when that happened? That was our girl. That was. Yeah. Yo, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Because she was there for your climbing event. That's right. Okay. I remember. I remember. Okay. It's. It's coming back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, I think that's the story you're talking about. No, that's the story. Jeremy, this is a, oh, Crux yeah. that it, this he, was at either Crux or ABP. I this, was, oh, yeah. oh, okay. this has okay. nothing to do with mine, but. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. 
I mean, now that we're on the subject, what was your experience like when you saw all of that? I guess for everyone who doesn't know, we had uh, at the Texas Lady Crushers group, we had uh, a young lady who was new to climbing. She was at the end of her session and she was fatigued, fell, uh, had a compound ankle fracture, gruesome, gruesome injury. She held it together. She's a mother of six, military veteran, um, bad to the bone, Chiquita. Uh, she's just <laughs> like, love that girl. Um, so my, so my question, you know, Trey, since you were there kind of as a, as a bystander, what was that like for you? Honestly, that was, that was pretty wild. Like that was a, I don't want to say cool. Um, the that sound was, very, was insane. Yeah, that was a very intense, Ooh. you know, experience. You know, that, that was for me the first time I ever saw that kind of injury. So really? Oh yeah. And you, and it's What's odd enough, some of the worst accidents I've seen have been when I'm off duty. So like instantly, you know, before I go to help, I'm still a bystander for two seconds. So I'm just uh -huh. like, whoa, that's crazy. And then I'm like, oh, yes, let's do something. Um, so but also but in that moment, I was super impressed with you, Emily. Like you really took charge of the whole scene and were like, you were, you were on it. And I was just like, wow, just like. Like, dude, like, yes, you know, very authoritative, but like in a in a very safe manner, you know. Like, I was really, I was like, oh, dude, I was impressed. But yeah, you handled oh, that so well. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, I know we sign waivers at gyms, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but when you're with a group or if you're bringing a group or you know, leader of it, yeah, I felt absolutely. I felt responsible. I felt maybe I just didn't tell her something, or maybe I didn't explain something, no. and. Now, now, it was just like, you know, it was the end of the day fatigue, like you said, you know, and like she finished her climb and she like kind of did a, did like a celebration jump and, you know, landed wrong. And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Um, just, just crazy, crazy experience. Every injury I've gotten climbing has been like the last, I was like, I'm just gonna try this one more time and then I'm out of here. And mm -hmm. then I, oh, Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's how it goes. Well, you know, what I've told people about that experience is that, I mean, besides the bones I've broken, which I didn't even hear them when I broke them, um, right, I've right. never heard that type of bone break. I didn't even know. I clapped for her, turned around, grabbed my water, <laughs> and I just heard something, and I was like, that wasn't a water bottle that fell off the bench. Yeah, no. Like I, That was very specific. Yeah, that's like a noise that you you hear, it and it's like, oh wow, I know what that I is. Know. Like you don't have to ever have to have heard it before, but like when you hear that, you're just like, oh my gosh, somebody just got their bones snapped. Like, and I I promise everyone, I am not laughing about this experience, but the reason yeah. why we can smile is because this woman was just so strong and so fierce. I think she even tried to stand up. She stood up, and play yes. it off. Yeah, she stood up on it. Like she didn't even realize she had broken it. <sighs> I was, and then when she did, she's like, "Oh, ow, oh, okay, I'm gonna lay down." <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh my goodness, this lady is so freaking strong!" Like, holy. I can't even imagine. You know, when you see somebody go through an experience like that, you're just like, oh, shoot. You know, what has this person been through? Because that's incredible. Yeah. That's that's like exactly. next level. Yeah. And but she, I mean, oh, man. It just, I turned around when I heard it, and I saw her face on the ground looking, like I saw her on her back just looking at me as if she was hanging out, laying on the mat. Yep. And then I looked, and I saw her foot pointing at, I think it was like 3 o'clock. <laughs> Pretty much a direction it shouldn't have been. And I did not see the uh, open fracture, though. And uh, I think, oh, yeah. Trey, honestly, uh, man, I think that's part of what helped me keep it together. Because it wasn't mm -hmm. until you guys circled around and then someone mm -hmm. mentioned that it was an open fracture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's that was bad. Yeah. She, but she just hurt. I think she helped everyone else keep it together yeah, she because did. she was yeah. so calm, you know, like she totally downplayed the scenario and it was amazing that she was just so collected about everything. And she was just like, Nope. Hey, you put pressure here. So I don't think about that. Hey, you, can you talk to me? Cause <laughs> I don't want to think about that, that, Oh, I know what happened down there. Let's not talk about that. I was like, dude, wow. <laughs> just, you know, like, 
she was a perfect patient. You know, you don't get You're better right. patients than that. Like, she was a perfect patient. She just knew what to do. And she she kept herself like that. And it was just like, wow, this is this is crazy. You're right, Trey. She sure yeah. did. So that was cool. That was a really cool experience. I think there's something about like you know how the like the uncanny valley like of of like video games where someone looks closely like a person, but it's just off enough that it freaks you out. I think there's something internally in my brain about like you know like a joint shouldn't go that way or whatever <laughs> that I just freak out whenever I see because I've never actually seen like the open fracture, but I've seen like video of people like breaking a leg like that and it just goes the wrong like Emily was describing it just going the wrong direction. My mind goes nope. <laughs> That's a big bag of nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's in real life. You know, like you just know that it's wrong and you're just like, wow, I don't know how bad that is, but that's not right. So I was just saying, like, I think it's, it's something deep back in out. your mind where you go, okay, that's not good. That person's not going to be mm -hmm. all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. That's like the general, that's like everyone. Everybody has this like general baseline medical knowledge that they picked up through whatever years of just sucking things in. So you, yeah, you can see something wrong if you oh yeah we should fix that or like someone should call for help <laughs> yes yeah i think someone said that it, and it i don't know if it was it, it was someone in your group that said it was one of the most calm under control emergency situations that they had experienced i said well that's interesting because that was the the only emergency situation that i've actually experienced <laughs> unless it was me being helicoptered out of the motocross track oh man all right well let's circle back to you trey sorry for getting off topic no no that's cool that's a that's a that's a big experience that was a big experience for me so like and that's a cool shared experience so yeah that story is always that that's the story that i will have stuck with me for like quite a while for sure well i'm glad i could be a part of that man totally so Let's talk about how the mainstream views dirty rock climbers and what we do. <laughs> dirty rock climbers. Okay, okay. I'm confused. Like, explain no. dirty rock climbers. No, like, so the thing that I've noticed is that everybody thinks, well, I found that the mainstream thinks that we're just these dirty, smelly hippies that like to roll around in dirt and we, you know, don't like making money and we just, you know, want to live off of whatever it's like kind of what yosemite uprising or excuse me valley <laughs> uprising um portrayed and i guess what my question is is what do you think the mainstream has wrong about I mean, rock climbing or i'm a rock climber and i think that we're dirty smelly hippies oh <laughs> i mean have you been to a climbing gym i think that's like a half a half and half yeah yeah i, I mean i think now it's definitely more half and half there's a lot more people like weekend warriors like myself who are just yes weekend warriors I'm right here. i'm here on the people with a hundred thousand dollar um sprinter vans that's not me but I, you know you see that line <laughs> of sprinter, yeah line of sprinter vans in yosemite uh, valley oh boy yeah i think it's half and half for sure like there's like that's a good point you know like there's the the billion dollar hippie and then there's the like <laughs> living out of his hatchback could be so i think there's it's half and half either end of the spectrum probably i, I, may, I may have said this on another podcast but I, I you know like how there's camping and glamping you know like you know, oh camping. yes and then so i was like Both so great. there's if there are dirt bags what are what else, what do you call someone that spends like way too much money on climbing and my friend was just like a normal person <laughs> yeah yeah you're either a dirt bag or you're a normal person i guess I guess I should be more specific with that question. I think when Free Solo came out and nobody really understood the scope of what Yosemite looked like from a rock climber's point of view, and then all of a sudden they have this beyond elite view of what rock climbing looks like, and then you get all these questions and you tell someone, yeah, yeah, rock climb. Oh, you free solo? It's like, well, no, actually, it's well, I free <laughs> climb, but that's, and you have to explain like, okay, so the length of the rope and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so circling back to the question have you ever just gotten any off the wall kind of weird questions about what you do or why you do it well i guess you're in colorado so probably not yeah not i mean i i get some like funny looks sometimes but like most of the weird questions come from my family really like they're always just like, <laughs> what, 
what are you doing again? And I was just like, I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And I was like, all right, cool. Thanks for thanks for sharing. But yeah, and I don't know. I think now Colorado is a little different. Like people, everybody's kind of all doing the same stuff. And sometimes I feel like some people look at you like, ah, you're just doing that. Uh, you, should be, <laughs> you should be doing two sports today. And you're like, oh my gosh, okay, let me try and keep up. Yeah, it's always crazy to hear about like like Jimmy Chin or something. Like he's like, yeah, I I climbed to the top of a, you know a fourteener and then I came down and then we went real climbing and I'm like, what? It's like a day for me. Mm-hmm. Just one Multi-sport. of those. Multi sport yeah. days, they there's such a big thing out here, and I feel like they're really fun if you can manage them. But you just feel so worked at the end of the day. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sleep for two days and then I'll think about this again. We go bouldering for like two hours in the morning, and then the, I figure the rest of the day is gone. <laughs> I gotta take a nap, you know, after <laughs> that. But I'm an old man, so who knows? <laughs> oh, Jamie. My, the, I was going to say my favorite weird question that I've ever gotten is from a coworker. I'm a boulder like 99% of the time. And one of my coworkers is like, so is, there, is your goal to climb Everest? And I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch the documentary. No. <laughs> no, I'm not even at all that interested in mountaineering, let alone any of that. Mountaineering is cool. It's, a, it's, very, it's very practical. It's a lot of... <laughs> I like, I like mountaineering, but I hate walking down. That's, that's the downside. It, it just seems to me like it's just how long can you suffer? <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I feel like it definitely seems that way sometimes. I feel like a lot of a lot of alpine sports seem that way sometimes. It's just like, oh, man, I'm so cold. Like, ah, okay, well, I guess I'll just be cold for three more hours. And, so, so it's like all you can do about it. Back in the day, like, I don't know if you like have like a TV show or a movie you just play in the background, like if you're doing something else. And it got to, like Meru got to be like my background movie, which mm-hmm. I never really understood because I have zero interest in ever doing anything like that. But it just the whole movie just seems like how long can we suffer? Oh, for? yeah. And poor Renan, like, yeah, when he pretty much said when they were summoning and he thought they were going down and he <laughs> was beside himself. Like, Wait, God. we're going up? We're out of food? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Renata, if you ever hear this, man, I'm not laughing at you, especially after what injury you went through. Um, but yeah, yeah no. that, would, that would be a pretty surreal experience. Just like, oh, I'm so ready to go home. Yeah, this is cool. Oh, what? We're, go- we're going higher? How? Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah I always think that's a pretty, a pretty uh, interesting part of the film. Well, what I must say was very interesting was when I saw a certain rock climber join you on a sport climb tray. Was that was that rock climber maybe one of the main uh, people in Meru? No, uh, was it? I, I did. I no one joined me. I got to join a friend of mine oh. at an evening of climbing. Yeah, it, so would I'll, we know? Uh, would we know him or would we know of him? This guy? Yeah. Um, my friend, my friend Conrad took me out for an afternoon of climbing and it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a very, it's, it's, I don't want to say like experienceful, but like a very memorable evening. So yeah, that was cool. That sounds cool. Just a guy named Conrad that climbed. <laughs> I might even sport climb if a guy named Conrad asked me to. Are we yeah. not? Are we not allowed to delve into this? Is I I can absolutely, I can totally edit it out if we're not supposed to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think there's any rules about it. I'm just like, you I did know, make it pretty... public. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just I mean, doesn't want like... a name drop. That's all. Okay, well, I will. Yeah, okay. um, my buddy Trey over here. Climbed with Mr. Conrad Anchor, and I think he had a good time. I did. I did. You know, Conrad's super fun. So that's, I think that's like, uh, you know, everybody's climbing go- dream is to like spend a day 
just hanging out with who they presume to be their favorite, like the number one climber, and then getting to hang out with them and just be like, wow, this dude is cool. Like, I never doubted it, but yeah, you're cool. So. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I'm pretty sure that guy's forgotten more about climbing than I know. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, so much. It just, he's just, yeah, he, he's just a, a really nice guy who just oozes experience and knowledge. It's like everything he talks to you about, it's like a lesson. And it's really, uh, it's like, it's like, but it's, just, it's, I don't know, it's cool. It's like a day, it was like a day at the crag, but with your friends and that seems so i mean it was just so neat to see you following and seeing him hold the phone and show i'm like i know that guy that's my friend and then it's like wait but you that's conrad and i don't know you but i would if i saw you <laughs> and i was just so happy for you i mean that it's was kinda, i don't know it's kind of funny because i feel like i've always been like a really camera shy person and I'm all, I'm really comfortable behind the camera, but I hate, you know, being on camera. So having him flip it around was like a really just like, ah, oh, I hate this, but also this is so cool. So I don't know. I'm just going to try not to fall right now. All right. Solid plan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I saw you following, I could only imagine that if I was in your brain at that time, it would be like, don't fall, don't fall, nail it, don't fall. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I think to an extent, it definitely seems that way at a point, but I, like, he's just really mellow and he's a really, he's a really calming person. So there was no, I think, I think the, the, like the starstruck factor kind of wore off pretty quickly because no one made it a big deal. It was kind of just like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, okay, yeah, let's go climb. And then that was that was like it. So, and the, I think, you know, after the fact, it's like, wow, that was so cool. Like, I just got to climb with, you know, the coolest guy. Um, yeah. But like in the moment, yeah, it was very, it was very just like, all right, so like, let's hang out. You know, I got, we'll hang out for the evening. You know, we'll do this. Sound cool? Yeah, all right, game. And that was very, it was very fun. I can imagine. That's that's super awesome. And I can imagine it kind of went that way because, of course, first, it's just like seeing anybody that you idolize or that you see as a mentor that you're super stoked about. And then as, of course, you start cutting it up and moving and grooving, gets a little more relaxed. But whenever your friend is belaying you up to your belay, to the belay station, like, you never want to fall. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> you never want to like blow it especially if, if they're filming yeah that's that i feel after that one experience i feel so differently about taking photos of people just because i've i've literally never been on the other end of that until just that time so i just like wow okay this is a cool this is a cool change of like i don't know something just kind of switched so yeah that was a fun that was a fun time so, I mean, from that experience, what did you walk away with being on the other side of the camera? Is there anything that you took with you to be like, okay, this, I'm not, I'm only going to do this or not, I'm not going to do that or. No, I don't, I don't, I think it just, I think it was just more like, I felt bad in the moment of like, oh man, I wonder if when I'm taking pictures of people, I'm putting like pressure on them at all to really perform in this moment because that's how i felt i was like oh my gosh like this is oh. this is weird so but you know i don't know everybody i go out with they, they're always super chill so they just they don't seem like they're pressured by it but i try my best to kind of like hide in the corner so no one sees me yeah i've, I've actually had that like I've, i just started doing photography at the beginning of the year the climbing photography uh, mainly bouldering but um and so i'm always worried that you know just Cause I always go out and I want to take, I want, you know, I only, you only get these, those sessions outdoors with my friends to, to actually practice the craft of photography. And so, you know, I, I want to take every opportunity to do it, but then I always feel bad. Like do people have feel like they have to, you know, look good while they're doing it or, you know, um, <laughs> and I don't want to put that pressure on my friends, you know what I mean? But they like, like they, like you said, my friends are always seem super stoked and they always seem really stoked when they see the photos. Yeah, hope, I'd like to think hopefully it's just me secretly. I'm 
very self-conscious and like I'm just the one who's nervous about the camera because I don't know every time I go out with people nobody ever seems to be weird about it so I'd like I'd always like to think that just means I'm not being weird about it either I'm just like can you just let me take your picture really quick but I always feel like sometimes that is (laughs) that is how it goes I'm just like oh god that was that was weird you were weird for a second Okay. Well, no, here's the deal. Number one, I think it is, um, it's a compliment and also an honor to have someone want to take a photo of you when you are doing something, number one, that you love. And number two, that could actually look really cool. Uh, so that's just personally speaking. And then also as an athlete, when I was racing motocross, we would joke around with the guys that if there was a camera in every corner that we would go so much faster out of that corner because we're just trying to trying to look badass but on the same token as a photographer i've heard a few friends of mine and also my partner saying that yeah being in front of the camera is just a lot different because you guys are the ones setting up the shots you guys are the ones grabbing the shots so maybe maybe that's why uh, i'm not saying i know how you feel but maybe <laughs> that could be part oh, of it yeah. I think one of the things I quickly realized is that they, as a photographer, you, you kind of have a responsibility to make sure that you're making those people look good. Whereas in the beginning, I was just trying to get as many shots as I possibly could. And then I realized, and I still take a lot of shots, and especially because with my friends, I start to learn after a few times, I start to learn that, oh, this person doesn't like to be shot at this angle because it makes them look this way or whatever. Yeah. And you just respect everybody's personal preference as to how they, what they don't like about their own body and just, work with that so anyway i think that's a good yeah. point jeremy uh and is that it? there's a lot of pressure yeah i think especially when you want to do like commercialized stuff it's like yeah the whole thing is to make everything look good so then there's pressure of that when you go out too you're just like oh is that cool oh no oh boy i, I can't ask you to do that again sorry <laughs> yeah it's like um when when you see like Jimmy Chin or one of those guys taking pictures of Alex Honnold, like, can you hold there and just just pose? you know it's like, no, nah, that's probably not gonna happen with my group of people. But yeah, no, Jimmy Jimmy's so fluid. I mean, it's not even. I don't think he even has to think about taking photos anymore. I think he yeah. just like puts the camera to his eye and it's like, bam, done. Yeah. So how did you get into photography? I don't. I think it's way when I first started and like middle school or something, it was because of skateboarding. Like for a while, I was skateboarding competitively and I was like pretty good on the same level as all of my friends. And then at one point, they all started to like surpass me by great length. I was like, oh, oh man, like everybody's getting really good and I'm still just like, okay, what the heck? And uh, I don't know, I think, you know, you have the goal of always wanting to be, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be a pro skater. But I was like, oh, well, I don't think I'm going to be a pro skater, but I could take all the photos of these guys and then, like, I'll still be able to go on the trips and do everything. So I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to, I think I'll try this. And yeah, that, oddly enough, that was like how I first, first really started picking up the camera. That's cool. Cause I actually, I mean, that's kind of why I started taking climbing photos as well, because all my climbing friends are much better climbers than I am. And I was having this issue where I was, I broke my ankle at actually during a comp at Crux. And ever since then I've had really bad anxiety about falling, especially outside. And um, so I was like, my friends were always wanting to go outside and I wanted to go hang out with them, but I just was not in the mood to climb or, you know, was just scared to take a fall that day or whatever. So I was just like, I'll just grab my camera and go take photos of people. Nice. It's, cool. it's, it's kind of cool that you mentioned skateboarding because actually recently I've been watching a lot of skateboarding videos. And if you watch skateboarding videos and then go watch climbing videos, you're like, oh, climbing videos have a long way to go. Like these skateboarders <laughs> have nailed the idea of like what a skateboarding video is. You know, climbers are still working on finessing climbing videos. Yeah, they're interesting. <laughs> We, we've had a couple conversations about this. I'm going to roll into, Trey, what kind of climbing films do you think we should be seeing in these next few years? Climbing films? Just, I don't know. You know, what, um, I, I do like how Real Rock is done, but what would you want to see as a climber and also as maybe someone new to climbing? That's not what we've been seeing these past couple decades. 
You know, it's funny you kind of put it that way. Um, I think a cool concept for a climbing video could be like a new climber, like just seeing, you know, how a new climber goes about it. But I don't know. They'd have to be like super, super cool. I, I don't know. That'd be that'd be awkward for that one climber. So so no, no non cool climbers. Not at all. Not at all. I just no. I feel like if somebody if I'm being a little maybe jaded here. But I think like I'm when I think about the concept of that, I'm thinking of, oh man, what if I was that person and like I was the one they were following for my first year of climbing? That would be, oof, that was rough. That was very rough. <laughs> but don't you think, Trey? Like you just like that's what the GP would like the general public. That's what they would want to see is like the realness, the real deal of walking in and not knowing what the fuck you're doing. And you know, why are these shoes so tight? And like, there's, there's white stuff. This is chalk, right? It's chalk. Yeah. Okay. That would be, that would be cool. It'd be quite the opposite plot twist of uh free solo or the Don Wall. Just exactly. like, just like, okay. Exactly. Like you saw how they got up there, but like, you know, here's where, here's where most of you will start. And like, just like, yeah. Okay, this is a whole different side. Well, shit. Tell us where you started. What did your entrance into climbing? It's funny. Like? All these questions you're asking, I was like having these conversations. I don't know why I've been having these conversations. Okay, but these conversations <laughs> no, are with yeah, us, yeah. so let's um, just. Let's just... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I started climbing. I think the first experience of climbing I had was probably doing some fourth class stuff in North Carolina. Because I was backpacking a good bit, and okay. I don't know, it seemed, you know, at a point, kind of natural to want to climb. And I tried to climb in Savannah, Georgia, while I was in school at that time. Um, but there's no real climbing scene out there at all. Um, at the time, there was this climbing co-op gym, and it was like a really small, like like most things in Savannah, like a one house that was converted into a something, um, like a bowling gym. And it was just like, it was a weird vibe. So I had like went there, was kind of like kicked it around by myself and didn't really like it. Um, but later on, I, I found a gym in San Antonio that was really, really cool at the time, um, the district and started like, yeah, got the start of bouldering out there. All right. Isn't it funny that you and I left, I mean, we left San Antonio at different times, but Medicine oh, Wall just opened up officially this year. Oh, I climbed did you really? That's so cool. Great. I'm so bummed that I, I mean, I, I heard rumors about like all throughout, you know, starting the climb. That was all you heard about was, well, San Antonio used to have a good climbing spot, but nope. And now they finally unleashed it. I'm like, wow. I mean, I'm enjoying climbing up here for sure but that's the hometown area and just knowing everybody's out there getting on it. I was like, ah, I want to go see what it's about. I'm sure you will. I'm sure. You yeah. Will. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'll be, I'll be visiting Texas um, as soon as I can. So I definitely have plans to come back there and climb all the climbs. I have so many climbs that I've just not done well on starting and climbing that I think I would like to go back and put hands on and I feel a little bit better about it now. Nice. Um, so I think I saw one of your Instagram photos. You said like somebody was jumping into the water and you're like, this is the closest thing that I've, we've gotten to a shower in 14 days. So I was going to ask you as someone who's never done it, like what are the best and worst things about being in the back country for long periods of time? Mm, that's funny. Um, <laughs> one of the, I think one of the best things is just being so alone. You know, even if you go with a group, it's still, I think once you get deep enough in the backcountry, you definitely kind of switch modes. And it's really cool to just feel alone and like really submersed into nature. And so that's probably my favorite part about it. And I think one of the worst things is always food because you can only, you can only pack like so much, you know, camp cookable food. And I, I mean, I love ramen bombs as much as the next person, but I think after I've had like four, I'm just like, okay, I mean, I'm putting some jerky in it now to give it some flavor, but it's just getting worse. So yeah, food, food is always a struggle. Wait, 
is a ramen bomb different than just ramen or is it like or is it when you don't have enough water and it's just a ball of noodles no dude what <laughs> okay okay so a ramen a ramen bomb is actually um you get the ramen right instant ramen you put it in the pot and it's boiling it's cooking and then when the noodles are getting close to being done and it's still boiling you dump in a pack of instant mashed potatoes and you swirl that in there and it comes in like a casserole so then you got like the ramen flavor and the instant mashed potato flavor Nice. and it's just it's so bad oh it's so like no human should probably be consuming too much of that because it's like so much sodium like so many carbs and stuff but it's like a lot of calories and it's just like bam get it you know you got yeah. you got some power for the next day oh my do you put oh, the yeah. ramen packet in too please tell me yeah 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 Oh, okay. Of course, of course. Multi multi flavors, and that's I think that's the thing. Multi flavors, multi textures. So. I just kind of want to try that. I just, dude, go for it. It, t- it tastes different in the backcountry, though. I will say that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It different. Yeah, yeah. Everything tastes so much better in the backcountry when yeah, you're yeah, starving because that's all you got. <laughs> that's all you got, and then you get into the you know, the real world again, and you're like, oh, this is what I need three milkshakes now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so Trey, in the backcountry, do you, um, is it just me or do you, even with your uh, groups that you've guided with or whatever, do y'all end up talking in like silly accents or making like weird jokes or having nicknames for oh. each other or just like being, do y'all take on different personas? All the time. Or I is think, that just me being? I think, you, I think that's like oh, how okay. you know you're. <laughs> you know, in the back country is when you start getting delusional enough to like just start losing, just losing it. <laughs> but everyone else is losing it at the same time. So it's very okay. You're just like, all right, you know, if we're just going to roll with this and no one's going to say it. Like, I'm cool. I'm cool. All right. Well, you know, we're just yeah, going to talk like this for right now. Okay. <laughs> like what? Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> Or you get good nicknames out of it. Those are the best ones too. I was gonna say I've never spent that much time out in in um the backcountry, but just taking like trips to Waco and with groups of friends, just a lot of inside jokes after each one. Oh yeah, that, I feel like Waco is definitely a place that is that experience. Like when you go there and you spend you know multiple days in the park, just you kind of start to, I feel like you just start turning into this character because you're like, oh, I've been living in the desert for five days. Just, you know, <laughs> out in these caves, man. These cave uh, drawings, man. Yeah, yeah. Feeling the energy from this rock art right here, though. Yeah. I've only I stayed think, in the yeah, park once. Long trips. Long trips in Waco, they change you. Yeah, they do. Sure. Yeah. yeah. The, the first time we went, we stayed in the park, and that was some BS. Never doing that again. You, you stayed in the park? Yeah, there's, oh, there's a they, campground yeah. there. I know. But, I, it just. But yeah. the gate closes at six, and so you're stuck in. And mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's just that crazy Waco weather where it's 80 during the day, and then it's 30 with 45-mile-an-hour 40, yeah. winds at night, and you're just like. <laughs> shout, shout out to Lowell. Shout out to the rock shop when you need a place. All to right. Go. Yeah. I love that spot. L- last time I was out there at the benefit of being a weekend warrior is that we just stayed in a airbnb and it was much better it was a thousand percent better oh yeah for sure well you know um speaking of shout outs we're wrapping up our time with you tonight and i would love for more people to hear about lowell do you want to shout him out and a few others or yourself or some shameless song <laughs> promo for us oh no i don't <laughs> I'm bad at that stuff. I'm so bad at that stuff. No, no shout outs. Sorry. Sorry, anybody. Oh, you know what? I take that back. Shout out. Shout out to my mom because this is my mom's birthday today. So mom, I love you. Happy birthday. I know we already talked earlier, but I'm only going to give one shout out and this to my mom because today's her birthday and I love her very much. Happy birthday, mom. I love you. Oh, man. What a son you are. So today's the 11th. August 11th. Yeah. That's like the best shout out. I don't even know. I feel like I can't even say anything after that. I'm over here at my mom's in San Antonio. 
Shout out to all the real moms. We love you guys. Y'all are the best. Let's shout out on three to the moms. One, two, three, go moms. moms. <laughs> well, I, I love that. I love that. My uh, shout out today isn't necessarily going to be about a, well, I think she is a mom. There is a, a woman who actually started the brand Stasher. Uh, I don't know if y'all have heard of Stasher bags, but they're silicone non-toxic storage bags that replace, uh, you know, single-use plastic bags. And we've talked about them on the show briefly before. And I just wanted to inform everyone that you don't have to use plastic bags when you go out in the backcountry for your trash or for your food. Stasher bags are the way to go. And I will link that information in the show notes. Um, I was going to give a shout out to my friend, uh, Jen Sens. Uh, she is, she's on Instagram, but she also has a YouTube channel with 20 plus thousand subscribers. And she does a lot of videos from the perspective of a, a newer climber. And, uh, you know, she has videos about the first time she went, you know, bouldering outside and, and all that kind of stuff. And the, some videos like how she breaks down, uh, you know, a, a boulder problem. So if you're a newer climber or any, any, sort of climber check out jen she does some great videos and it's jen sends on um instagram so or not i'm on youtube sorry it's j-e-n-n sends well cool well trey thank you so very much for joining us tonight it, it was an honor to grab you from the mountains <laughs> sit you down with us from a distance <laughs> thanks this is cool this is my first ever podcast experience so nice. i'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity thank you absolutely it was great to meet you and um that a fun, fun conversation likewise bye bye